This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Bant.io, the AI-powered all-in-one lead generation solution that leverages top-performing strategies from over 12,000 campaigns, including email, social outreach, pay-per-click retargeting, and sales chatbots. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz. My guest today is Trip Lanier. He's a professional coach, host of the New Man podcast beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp He's also the author of a book we're going to talk about today called this book will make you dangerous the irreverent that's hard word to say guide for men who refuse to settle so trip welcome to the show thanks john i had somebody say it was the irrelevant guide uh... (laughs) yeah that's the tricky part yeah you 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 definitely just different meanings there so let's start with the fact that being a man in some ways has taken a beating lately and yet, I think some of the, unfortunately, some of the attributes that a lot of people attribute with manhood are on full sort of raw display these last couple of years. So mm-hmm. maybe walk me through a little bit of where you're positioning this idea of what it means to be a man. I don't know what it means to be a man. I wouldn't claim to take that position. I just tend to serve men primarily. That's who my practice is based around. When I got into personal growth and personal development, it was primarily a woman's domain. Oprah was the one everyone was gunning to have their book featured on her show. So there wasn't really a voice in the personal growth, spiritual growth, self-help development world for men. And and wonderfully now it's much more normal to read books that, that also are aimed at men in that domain. So I grew out of that. I started podcasting in this arena 13 plus years ago. And, and it's great. It's great that there's so many other voices and there's so much more diversity in that. But you do take a position, uh, or at least I'm going to suggest you, you are by just your subtitle, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. Yeah. You are landing You are landing somewhat on where you think it, it it is today to be a man. I don't know any guys that want to be either of those. Nobody's standing up and saying, wait a second, I'm a New Age Wimp or I'm a Macho Jerk. Nobody wants to be either one of those guys. So it's, it's fun to play with that polarization. And it's a challenge to anybody to say, can we evolve? Can yeah. we be more integrated? Can we have brains? Can we have heart? Can we have a spine? And so it's a call. It's a challenge to say, let's start to look beyond some of these outdated old models and see what is becoming or what's evolving and what's available for us. And I think also a lot of in in what I've read, I think you're also a lot of you saying that you don't get to define that. It's really more about being true to yourself. That's We're going to talk on, on your show about my latest book, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. And I say that all the time, the self part's on you. I'm just giving you some things to think about, but you're the only one that can define what it means to be self-reliant. And I think you're saying that to some degree as well, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. A big part of my work as a coach, even working with people on their businesses is how does this reflect you? How does this reflect who you are, who you're becoming in this lifetime instead of I need to prove I'm a man or I need to prove I'm strong or I need to prove this or any of that other kind of stuff. It's, well, who are you really? When you're not pleasing, when you're not protecting, when you're not proving what's naturally coming through you and as you in this lifetime. And then ultimately we want our relationships and our businesses to reflect that too. Yeah, because you so often people chasing what they see people doing on Facebook or what they think a business should be or top line revenue numbers because that's fun to go talk about with other people. And I think that probably gets in the way of true success probably more than any other dynamic. I've worked with a lot of, quote, successful guys that uh, are scratching their head wondering where they went wrong. They feel yeah. trapped. They feel drained. They feel isolated. They feel bored, overwhelmed, chronically worried. From the outside, it looks like they got it all together. I was a version of this after my first business. And it's I, I, I propose in the book, maybe there's another way for us to propose, to 
approach our work, to approach our professions in the world where we're no longer looking to an external authority. Hey, tell me what to do or tell me how to measure up or tell me what hoops to jump through and start to ask some of those deeper questions and say, I don't know how much longer I've got on this planet. So how do I really want to play? So you start your book off with part of the title, of course, and I think it's probably a word that merits defining. What does it mean to be dangerous? Right. Yeah. What does it mean to be dangerous? In our rather cushy modern world, danger could be like, I, I can't go a day without high-speed internet. I can't go. <laughs> if you watch how, how people get spun out about traffic or not having internet, like I said, or not having their favorite whatever at the coffee shop, we really do give up our peace of mind around mm-hmm. these things. And so we're starting to see how we've adapted. We're no longer in, in any real sur- danger to our survival per se, but that doesn't mean that our nervous systems aren't still scanning for what we have now perceived to be as dangerous. And I I would block that into three basic categories, something that threatens our sense of comfort, something that threatens our sense of safety or certainty to my time or energy or money. And then the third one, the big one is something that threatens my self-image. I can't look like a failure. I can't look like a loser. What will they think of me? So by and large, when people come to me and they say, I'm not having X, Y, Z in my life, I'm not getting there. I know somewhere we're going to, we're going to come up against one of these three things. And that's what they're committed to. They're committed to protecting their sense of comfort, their sense of certainty and their self-image. You and I were recording this in the first month of 2021. I would suggest that COVID was a real wake up for a lot of people in that regard. It, It showed them how comfortable they were, didn't it? It did. It showed them how comfortable they were. I think we're all dealing with. I've lost lost a member of my family, very close member of my family just two weeks ago from COVID. So it's not that we don't have dangers in our world, but by and large, I think we're starting to get a sense of perspective. And I've got a lot of people coming to me and saying, COVID's put this in perspective. I've been playing small. I've been holding back. I don't want to do that anymore. I've been using, I've been waiting for permission to show up as my biggest self. I've been waiting for, you know, something to come along and give me the green light to make this shift in my business. I'm tired of waiting. I want to go for it now. Do, do you find that folks that you work with in some ways, if they're feeling stuck, it's that they're too comfortable. And I guess the flip side of that question or the second part of that question is, do you suggest that we have to actually look for ways to intentionally stimulate that uncomfortable uh, gene? You know, I want to be really clear. I, I've worked with some pretty, out, I've worked with some outliers. I'm special operatives, Navy SEALs, people that, that work in, in really intense situations. I'm not, I don't consider myself one of those people. I really enjoy being comfortable. I really enjoy a certain degree of, of safety and certainty, certainly like looking good. So I'm not one of these people that needs to go the other direction and, and be out of balance in that way. Look, I'll, I'll prove to the world that I really am tough and I, I'm not playing it small. I think it's really about getting smart and what's worthwhile. And so when I start to have these conversations and I start to get in touch with, help a guy get in touch with what he's really trying to create in his lifetime. And then we start to see what his obstacles are and we put them out in front of them. Most of the time, it's like that, like that kid that comes in the room in the middle of the night says, there's a monster under the bed. So let's go grab a flashlight and we go look and there's really nothing there. And they say, wow, I can't believe I've been holding yeah. back because I was so afraid of this thing. And in that moment, they're like, you know what? It's just not worth, it's not going to be that bad. I'm, I'm willing to be a little bit uncomfortable here. I'm willing to take a little bit of a risk. I'm willing, who cares if somebody thinks I'm a little strange or a little weird if I go in that direction? And so a lot of it is them coming to terms with it themselves and saying, you know what, I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be on my deathbed and be pleased that I played it so safe. I can take on a little bit of what seems dangerous now. So I've been, this has been a soapbox topic for me of late. A lot of stress is caused around this sort of modern mantra that we have to find our purpose and, you know, live our purpose. And I was kind of 
happy to see you pushing back a little bit on that, that, that idea of I'm going to sit in a room one day and decide what I was meant to do. <laughs> However, I do think a lot of people fall trapped to that, don't they? I do. I'm glad you brought this up. I see a lot of people get wrapped around the axle, especially guys that have maybe done well for themselves and they're starting to sense, okay, I can create money. I can create this sense of comfort and status, but there's got to be more meaning. And I think that desire for more meaning is inherently a natural part of our development. Okay. It's not just about me anymore. It's about something bigger than me. And then they tend to look at this purpose thing. My life must be lacking purpose. And so I say, what if purpose isn't necessarily a thing we latch onto? My, my purpose in life isn't to make sure that all puppies have healthy candy or whatever it might be. But we, our egos that tend was, to... That was a randomly specific uh, example there. Sorry. <laughs> I hear some weird things. But the idea is that we go looking for a story. And I think most of the time when we're looking for that story, it says my purpose is X, Y, Z. It's this outcome. Yeah. It's this cause yeah. that we've really lost touch with what that really means. That's really just our ego looking for more kind of like I'm okay and I'm important. We're moving up the ladder in, in that regard. When I say if we were to really look at your choices in life, if we were to look at the purpose, the reason why you do these things, we start to see that you're really most committed to being comfortable, to being certain and safe, to making sure that you look good. And then I have a a different process that I work people through to help them start to see what do you want beyond just those three things? Yeah, And I think, unfortunately, a lot of those, like you said, whatever it is that that the mission that you've decided is going to have impact, a lot of those have been defined by other people. As that's the stage I'm in now. That's what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) Right. I'm supposed Um, to start a foundation. I'm supposed to do ABC in Africa. I'm supposed to do blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't really connect with our, you know, sense of who we are. It just sounds good. Yeah. There was a line, I think it's actually, I don't think it's a chapter title. I think it's a subtitle that I really loved. Success is survival and drag. Yeah, I think it is. If you look at what most of us are calling success, it's to become comfortable once and for all. It's to become safe or to have certainty once and for all. It's to have status and prestige and to be away from, to avoid any kind of criticism once and for all. And really that's what's what our survival is these days. I got to always be comfortable. I got to always be certain. I got to always look good. Nobody can criticize me. And I think it's making us fragile. I've met a lot of guys, I call them fragile rich guys that they get to this place. They have so much, so many resources, so many contacts. They know they want to make this transition in life, but they're so afraid to go backwards. It feels like death to them. It feels like a huge threat to their survival if they were to change lanes or to leverage what they've created in order to move in this other direction. And so it's, what if it's not death, but it does feel that way. It is our survival. It's our sense of survival. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. Do you want more leads and faster? Whether you own a small to medium-sized business or a marketing agency, Bant.io is the solution for you. It's an AI-powered all-in-one lead generation solution that leverages email, social outreach, pay-per-click, retargeting, sales, chatbots. If you're a marketing agency or consultancy looking to scale your offering and client base, they even offer a white label solution that allows you to fully customize and sell the platform as your own service. Find out more. Sign up today at bant.io. Look for a link in the show notes. So, so I've owned my own business for 30 years and, and by some people's measure have, have experienced some level of success. And I wrote a blog post uh, one time and, and it actually became part of my, in one of my books as well, is that I think a lot of people are willing to tell you how to get to the top of a mountain. Nobody tells you how to get back down. And frankly, 
that's where you, you look at the research descents of some of the, the largest mountains are where the most fatalities actually occur, uh-huh. more, more so than climbing to the peak. And I think that you're kind of touching on that a little bit. I think once people experience a level of that, it, there is that fear of, I can't go backwards when maybe going backwards or what is seen as backwards is actually a, a better place. Yeah, I sold my first company 12 years after I started. I was still in my early 30s. And it was one of the most nerve-wracking times in my life. I remember being out in Hawaii and people like, wow, that's amazing. You've been able to do this. They're like, please don't ask me what I'm doing next. And there was pressure of, okay, this self-imposed pressure. I need to level it up. I got to really take it to the, I got to do something the next level next time around. And I was so caught up in the optics of it and who I was supposed to be and who I was supposed to become. It was nerve-wracking. It it wasn't a, a spacious place. It didn't feel very comforting to me to be at that level. And nonetheless, from around me, people are like, wow, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. <laughs> I've talked to enough entrepreneurs and heard a similar uh, story to know that this is true, that there's a really common occurrence where an entrepreneur has that first time success, sells whatever they do, and now they've got to figure it out. And so now they're going to go really big. <laughs> and it's that second one that teaches them humility, whether they come through it or not. A lot of times, I have heard that so many times from, from entrepreneurs, and I'm not sure what the answer is. Let me ask you a quick question. How do you help people define success then for them on their own terms? I think it comes back to one of the exercises I lead people through. I say, just tell me your biggest, wildest, craziest goals that you got are these dreams or these fantasies. And most of the time, these are the pictures, right? These are images. I would be in this house and my kids would be going to this school and they would have this and they would have that. And I write them all down and it's wonderful. And I say, okay, great. Let's imagine you got all of that. You made it all happen. And you felt trapped, you felt drained, you felt isolated, you felt bored, or you felt overwhelmed, or you chronically worried. Would we, did we make it? Did we get there? And they're like, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? And I say, okay, what if the, that image, that outcome, that kind of fantasy isn't what we're really playing for? It's the experiences that are opposite of that. So instead of trapped, we feel free. Instead of drained, we feel alive. Instead of isolated, we feel connected and loved deeply for who we are. Instead of bored, overwhelmed, worried, we feel peace of mind. And I say, you know what? No matter what, this is what we're playing for. And it might be way on the high. It might be on the other side of these amazing goals. could be something that you have access to today. And it's just your thinking that's in the way. But I said, let's keep an eye on those experiences as we go and know that no matter what, that's what we want. Because if you went and accomplished all these amazing goals and you still felt really lousy, we messed up somewhere. So is a Stratocaster signed by Eric Clapton on your list? <laughs> I probably, yeah, I'll be all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> Listeners can't see that I'm seeing into Tripp's yeah. office there, and I think I see a Stratocaster over here. I got a telly right there. I got a Strat over there, though. Yeah. <laughs> Just they to tend to multiply. That's weird. Yeah. They multiply in here. So it's uh... <laughs> So it, let me ask you if you've found the answer to this. Why is it so often that what we say, we believe, and what we actually do don't connect? Our actions and our beliefs don't line up. I, I think we're inherently full of crap. <laughs> I think there's a, there's just a big disconnect between the story we like to tell us about ourselves and then what we actually do. And I think if we just inherently understand that, like that there were flawed human beings that were flawed in our perception of reality, 
and I've seen others talk about this great. I think Jonathan Haidt wrote a one has written wonderfully about that that gap between what we say and then what right. we actually do. It's fascinating to understand how the mind operates in that way. It can be jarring to recognize that, to realize that, wow, we are really poor. At, even if we're really hard on ourselves, we tend to miss the good that we do and yeah. all the, the stuff that we move forward. So I think it's, if you just know that we, we're, we're terrible at assessing our own worth, positive or negative, it's just starting there and then saying, okay, could I collect data either way? And then what's really going to move the needle? I've got to define what that means in my life and then focus more on that. Yeah, it's funny. I work with so many entrepreneurs that they're never satisfied. They're never done. The horizon, you know, keeps moving away as they move forward. And it is really hard sometimes to to think in terms of turning around and saying, oh, I guess we've actually come quite a ways too. Sometimes it's a heart attack. Sometimes it's a stroke or a divorce or a, a business breakup, but something breaks us out of that. Yeah that pattern that we're in there. And hopefully I, I, it can seem tragic at the time, but I've had a lot of guys look back and say, that was the moment I woke up. That was the gift. Yeah. So you talk about this idea of having nothing to prove as an element of arriving, maybe. Talk a little bit about that. And forgive me if I've misquoted you, but I, that really resonated with me because I, I see a lot of people that are really struggling or creating their own struggle a lot of times because they're trying to prove something. And yet, the most confident people you run into a lot of times are devoid of that idea. Yeah. I think the first thing is like, I listen to language. So if I'm working with somebody and, say, and they're like, oh, I'm so run down, I'm so exhausted by this thing, or I hate doing this thing. Okay. Well, then why are you doing it? I have to, or this says who, and then <laughs> this is where we start to reveal this kind of imaginary audience. And it could be people that have passed away years ago. It could be dad, could be mom, could be relatives, right. could be, I've had guys tell me it was the guys they went to high school with that sure. cast them out. It's just whatever that is, it just gets embedded in their head and they're constantly playing to this audience, constantly proving. And so I say, what if, I'm not asking you to stop, but what if you didn't have anything to prove to those folks anymore, yeah. even to yourself? And it's, it's, it can be jarring. It can be a little weird, a little strange at first. But I, say, well, I would do this. I would do ABC. And so, okay. And then as a coach, it's, what if we just did a little bit more like that? And we start to see if everything really does fall apart and we can always go back. We can always go back to playing to this audience. But I think just that realization they start to find over time, oh, that's the thing I do when I hear myself saying this language, I have to, or I should, I'm playing to that crowd, that imaginary audience that I have something to prove to. And if we really want to talk about freedom, most of them are striving to have freedom from that voice. One day they're going to have enough yeah. money and they'll have finally proven that they're yeah. enough. And usually it's, what if that moment's right now? What if that moment is right here, right now, when you stop giving a damn about what those folks think? Yeah, it's amazing how many wealthy, successful, accomplished adults still hear that seventh grade science teacher that told them they were never going to amount to anything. <laughs> That's probably why they're so wealthy and so <laughs> successful on the outside. And it's just, they've been proving that guy wrong for so long now. That's yeah. sad. Yeah. Tell us a little about your podcast, some of the format and who you have on and invite people, obviously, to listen. Yeah, The New Man has been around for 13 plus years. We've had, gosh, we've had millions and millions of downloads over the years. I've never identified myself as a podcaster. I've always been a, a coach. And so I don't really follow the typical criteria of what podcasters do. Yeah. But nonetheless, I've been really fortunate to have everyone from Tim Ferriss to Mark Manson to Alan Alda to big wave surfing legend Laird Hamilton to musicians to Zen masters to 
criminals. People have gone to jail and what, what it's like to do that. I'm always looking for those stories of people that have done things on their own terms or challenged the status quo sure. and lived to tell it, right? Live to come back and, and tell that story. I'm always looking for that story. Like, that guy could do it. I probably could too. There's something. And so I always, I, I try to dig out the people that are just lived two doors down from me and have done something amazing in that story. Cause I think we can look at the best selling author and be like, well, he's made from something different, right, but right, right. that guy that lives two doors down, if he can do it, then I can do it too. Right. And so I, I, always, I love those kinds of stories where it, it wakes us up and maybe has us see our own life and our own opportunities differently. So the podcast running for over a decade club is not that big. So uh, congrats on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell people where they can find out, uh, find uh, more about your work. And then I'll also pick up a copy of this book will make you dangerous. Yeah. The new man is available everywhere. You get your podcasts. If you want to learn more about the coaching work that I do, you can go to triplinear.com and then this book will make you dangerous is available in all formats. And you can find that at dangerousbookstore.com. If you're outside of the U S then just go to Amazon. Yeah, awesome. And we'll have links to all those things in the show notes. So Trevor, it was great catching up with you and appreciate you stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll run into you someday uh, when we're all back out there on the road. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate it, John. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.